Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. An Elio's original. When you only have people like that from that certain kind of background deciding what's funny and what they personally find is good, mm-hmm. like that's not a true meritocracy. No. Because of cell phones, it's hard for people to sort of just be present in the world without any distractions. You know, yeah. uh, the, their appreciation of things is always diluted with some other distraction from their phone. It's taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. You're listening to The Margaret Cho. Today, our guest is the illustrious writer extraordinaire, writer of many things, um, Rick and Morty. She won an Emmy for Rick and Morty. And uh, also, she and I have been to Shanghai together. It's Jessica Gao. Yeah, coming out of the dark. Well, I smoked cigarettes, and so I um, always had that sort of husky voice. And then I smoked pot, too, so then it's like you get a really husky voice from that, you know, which I always liked that part. Yeah. You, you, you want that, like, husky, you've been, like, a, you know, pack-a-day for 40 yeah. years kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, not, it's not good to have that. I don't know. You know, what I look back at myself, like, I look at old, like, videos of things I've done I used to talk in such a high register when I was younger and then over the years I realized that people don't listen as much unless I talk down here interesting I don't know if uh I don't know I don't know if it if it's the times or if it's just me or something but um time has seemed to make me want to like speak lower just to have more gravity or something did you ever used to watch those like trashy daytime talk shows like jenny jones and, yeah. yeah yeah of course so they would all, every once in a while they would always have first of all that was like always my favorite sick day from school like tv yeah, watching yeah yeah um, because they always had like out of control goth teenagers on yes but they also would regularly have um women on who were like you know in their like 20s but who still had baby voice right or like you know like tinny like mini mouse voices right. and they would bring like 
vocal coaches out to to help them speak in like a like a lower register and mm -hmm. but they would all talk about how like nobody would ever take them seriously yeah. like it's holding back them back from getting good jobs right people think they're children or people think they're like putting it on yeah yeah and that there was something about like well being a woman in comedy it's like you you do want to sort of be counted among the male voices as being strong is it the same in a writer's room do you think um, yeah, I think so. Like, I think if you went in there with like a really high pitched, like ultra girly voice, mm -hmm. um, I, I, I think that you probably would have a harder time uh, being listened to. But I mean, no matter what, it's hard to be listened to when you're a woman in the right yeah. room anyway. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard because it's like, what does that mean? Even it's like, are they just not they just discredit what your opinion is going to be? Or what is it? What is it? What does it seem, seem like? It's almost like they have like a built in filter Ooh. that like automatically kind of filters out not just your voice, but just whatever you're saying. Like it just doesn't process. Yeah. As, at, and it doesn't sink in mm -hmm. because there's been so many times and every female writer I know has had this happen to them where they'll pitch something. Mm -hmm. It doesn't register in the room. And then like a few minutes later, a guy will pitch the exact same thing, sometimes worded exactly the same. Oh. Huge laugh. Oh, wow. And then it gets in. Yeah. That's and then, crazy. Yeah. And then you look petty if you're like, that's literally what I just said two minutes ago. Right. But then you look like you're being childish. But it wears on you if it keeps happening over and over again. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's really it's it's really frustrating. I mean, I don't know. I've never worked in a writer's room. I've written things and then I've uh, sort of let them sort of make them let, let themselves happen. But I've never actually actively sat in like a room with writers pitching ideas, pitching jokes or anything to me. Um, that seems like it would be uh, I think that would be really hard. In a, in, in a way, like, I think that's got, like, I, the Yeah, in politics, a different way than, like, stand-up. Yeah, yeah, the politics of, like, who you are compared to who you're with. Yeah. And, and combined with the competitiveness of writing and being funnier, wanting to be the funnier one, or whose show is this anyway, or, you know, there's yeah. a lot of things that go into it. It really is dependent on the showrunner because mm -hmm. they set the tone. Like, they're the end-all, be-all. The book stops with them. So yeah. whoever the showrunner is really, truly sets the tone and the vibe for the room. And yeah. Like some showrunners like love like a little bit of nasty competition or mm. they're like oblivious and, you know, or they encourage like, you know, the weird like backdoor politics and things like that. Mm -hmm. Or they could be like really wonderful and foster the, foster this like really nice environment where everyone's collaborative. But it really like starts with the showrunner. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and what sucks is like and I understand why showrunners do this, but oftentimes they hire like their friends from like. Yeah, for like course. the last 10, 15 years. Of I course. get it. Like those yeah. are your friends. You feel safe with them. And like yeah. you get each other. You have a shorthand. But that's also why it's so common for these writers room to look all the same. Because right. it's like because still, even to this day, even though things are getting better um, at a glacial pace, like but but it's still predominantly like straight cisgendered white men who get mm -hmm. shows who get or who get to be showrunners, even if it's like somebody else created the show, but they might not have the experience to showrun. So it's usually like a straight white guy who ends up running the show. And then he's had like, you know, a lifetime, a 20 year career of straight white guy friends that he yeah. wants to hire. You and know? they all have um, like those uh, crew jackets from Numbers, you know, with the three <laughs> is the E. And it's um, it's also they all have really puffy 
dad sneakers, but before yes. dad, the dad sneaker was like before Balenciaga came out with the dad sneaker. Yeah, or like they love New Balance. Yeah, they love New Balance. Yeah, and Costco jeans. Yeah, or like a Docker. Yes, a do- well that that's like a real like '90s sitcom veteran. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I feel like we can trace by decade like sitcom writers like pants choices and shoe choices because mm-hmm. it did evolve mm-hmm. but it always feels 20 years dated well yeah like but i think that the gold standard would probably they all want to get a jacket from the simpsons like a letterman's jacket oh, from yeah. the simpsons like you know that's kind of like the one that al Jean wears like it's a very right. like that's what you you really <laughs> like, want. like junior varsity is like they get a hoodie yeah and yeah. then and then when they make it to like varsity they yeah. get the letterman's jacket well they'll get like a you know a fleece <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're, they're that's like tech people oh yeah the tech people wear a fleece or yeah. like if you work on like adult swim you would get like an adult swim fleece <laughs> of some kind i mean that, that that i think well adult swim to me is probably the most um kind of like uh maybe um newer to dangerous idea of like that the end yeah yeah adult swim is definitely younger and like more experimental and yeah. less traditional mm-hmm Still very male dominated, but you might get a vest instead of a fleece, something. <laughs> or I don't know. I feel like you might. They, they give pretty cool gifts. Like mm-hmm. one year they gave like a uh, like a pocket knife, a Swiss Army knife. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and then they gave like uh, there was this like commemorative plate that had like every single one of their shows ever printed on it. Mm. There was like a a wooden hammer and and screwdriver, which was like they give like kind of cool objects. What would your uh, ideal gift be? Like if you're, I would say maybe um. I don't know, it'd be kind of cool to do like a Chong Sam or like a... Ooh, that's a great idea. You know, or yeah. like some kind of, um, yeah, like a hanbok or some kind of thing of like the traditional clothing thing. Right. Well, I... Okay, so I have this thing where I have to give good gifts. Like it's I'm psychotic about giving gifts. Yeah. And they all have to be tailored to the individual person. Mm. Like I spend... And a ridiculous amount of time, like every year, like trying to come up with like Christmas presents for yeah, people. Yeah. And and I want every single one to be individual. It's insane. It's like it's it's an illness for me. Like it's great though. Yes. I mean, it's a loving. It's a it's a lost art. I yeah. Think. Yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And there's some people where I don't like. I don't set out to get gifts for them, but like throughout the year, if I see something that I'm like, it's perfect for this person. Mm-hmm. Like I have a gift closet, and I'll like oh. buy it for them, and I'll put it in my gift closet, and then I'll wait till That's the next nice. occasion. Yeah. That's really nice. Um. So I don't know. Like I'm. I'm gonna try to curb myself and going into this next job and try to make sure that I don't drive myself crazy doing that. But now, do you like to receive gifts or not? Yes and no. I like to receive gifts. I don't like to receive gifts arbitrarily because then it's just shit that clutters up my house. Right. Like, I hate nothing more than a gift that I don't actually want. Right. But when it's a great gift, like, it's the best feeling in the entire world, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I uh, it was just my birthday last week. Happy and birthday. Thank you. Um, I was only fishing for that. There's no story to tell. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, uh, and uh, I love eating crab. And yeah, yes, you know, we yes, know. Yes, I know yes. this. Yes, yes, I love it too. <laughs> you know what's funny? After our trip to Shanghai, um, Jenny Han said to me, she was like, you talk about crab more than anyone I've ever met in my life. <laughs> it's so delicious. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So my boyfriend got me these like heavy duty, like fancy crab crackers, Ooh. but monogrammed oh with my, my name. That's amazing. Yes. That's an amazing yes. gift. I got actually... Um, a seafood kit. So I got crab crackers and scissors and pokers. Oh, that's uh, great. From my boyfriend last year. So we have a we have a <laughs> yeah, crab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good. They're good. I mean, so because I will take my yeah. set to um 
Not boiling crab. I usually go to Kraken crab, which is up here. That's my yeah. boiling crab. Is it is it comparable? You know what I like is the one that's by the Target. Is that hot hot and juicy? I don't know that It's one. hot and juicy. It's they're all kind of the similar like Cajun yeah. Vietnamese <laughs> yeah. um, crab places. But I like hot and juicy because there seems to be um, less of a line. Boiling mm. crab is such a, yeah. there's such a cult around it that yeah. you can be there for a long time. Yeah. But their sauce is so good. It's so good. Like, it's unbeatable, that sauce. Like, my kingdom for someone to tell me what that sauce so good. is. Now, which, do you get the everything? Oh, of course. Yeah, I do too. Of course. It's the best. And I've had, like, parties where we try to, rep like, groups of us try to replicate what that sauce yeah. is. And we just can't get it exactly right. I don't know yeah. what it is. Who do I have to pay? Like, how much does it cost for me to buy the formula? Like, the recipe? That's probably the secret. I mean, yeah. it's like the secret that they came across, you know, and, and it's impossible to buy it. I mean, you could probably buy the sauce in quantities and then just, or just take it yeah. home, you know? Yeah. Or yeah, you buy the sauce in quantities and probably just draw the butter at home and then have the, the seafood at home. Yeah. You could do that. Yeah, that's true. But it's such a mess. That's how, why I like to go to a place. How about we go in on paying someone to be a mole for us and they get a job there and then they infiltrate and then they <laughs> get the That's a good idea. I, yeah. I guarantee you they probably don't make the sauce on site. Like I'm sure they get it shipped in from whatever central location. Yeah, or they get the components and the measurements are not given. Yeah. So the components are all there and you don't, you sort of blindly put it together because um, I think that they would safeguard that. Yeah. It's so good. I hope we talk about boiling crab for like three hours. No, we can talk about, well, we can talk about the other ones. Now, I like the one, Shrimp Lover. Now, what do you, it's, that's a Thai town. Yeah. Shrimp Lover, I, I like. I right by Shrimp Lover. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like Shrimp Lover also. How about Hairy Crab? Do you ever have that when you're in China? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, look, I love all crabs. Mm -hmm. I just love Dungeness because it's so big and it's like easy. Yeah. Whereas like all, like any other, like especially smaller crabs, like blue crab and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just so much work. It is a lot of work. Although I do like a soft shell crab. Oh, I love soft shell crab. I mean, that's, that's really no good. work. You that's just no eat work. it. And it's very, I mean, I feel like very exotic eating it. You know, I feel like <laughs> I'm really, you know, in like Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. You know, I feel very cool if I'm eating that. Like you're in that temple of doom, like yeah, dinner. <laughs> just eating all the things. But it's like, um, you know, the uh, and then there's something kind of like yuppie in 1980s rich about eating a soft shell crab. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That, yeah. that's kind of I mean but seafood in general but you so you don't do lobster no I love lobster you love lobster yeah but crab is number one for me yeah yeah it's very Chinese it's very yes, yeah it's totally. very Chinese it's very banquet yes oriented totally because crab like in my family too the crab was like something that was a very family like it was very holiday, very celebratory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's always a special occasion food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these places, I mean, you guys watch the price of the crab. So you oh, yeah. you guys like will take <laughs> photos of the price yes. and when it goes to, how low okay, does it have so, to go? Well, so what Margaret, Margaret is referring to is I have a group of friends. Our, we call ourselves Crab Club. Mm -hmm. And um, we it started because we were, were all Chinese writers, mm -hmm. except except Jimmy O. Yang, who's an actor. Yeah. And uh, we were all like, I wish there was a app that basically gave us live stock price, like live crab prices, like a stock ticker, mm -hmm. so that at any point of any day, I can know how much crab costs. Yeah. And so then we started a text thread that was essentially our, our quote unquote app called Crabster. <laughs> and so anytime one of us went to an Asian market, which is every few days, yeah, yeah. Um, we would take a photo of the live crab prices. And then mm -hmm. if the prices hit in the single digits, like the Avengers, we would assemble and then eat uh -huh. crab. <laughs> That's great. 
I think that's really, I mean, it's it's smart to do that. And also, it's a reason to get together. Yeah, it's really, yeah. And it always feels celebratory. It always feels celebratory. And I feel like as Asian American writers, you should be connecting regularly. Because totally. it's a changing landscape for you guys constantly business-wise. And it's good to know, sort of catch up, but also be able to celebrate what's happening now Yeah, with writing. Totally. I mean, it's really good. Yeah. It's good. I mean, are, are you busier now than ever? Yeah, this is probably the busiest year of mm. my life slash career. It's good. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. It's been a really good year, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was really um, looking forward to seeing your show because I love Steve. I love Kelly Hu. Kelly Hu, she's OG. Like she's awesome. Yes, like, she. I is. love her, and I, I think she is such a. I mean. Somebody that I just I I always know she's like working in something and I but I never get to see her socially but mm -hmm. I I remember going to like parties with her when she was like just one teen USA or something yeah 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 but she was great she's yeah. always great yeah and she, she was and great. she was so fun well yeah. I mean every single person on on the pilot was amazing mm -hmm. every single one and also they're all like criminally underused I like, know because they're yeah. all so talented. Every single one of them was a great improviser too. Mm -hmm. Amazing comedy instincts. Everybody got along. We didn't have any assholes. Yeah, you know? it's great. And it was just, it was just so wonderful. Yeah, I made my pilot with Steve, and he's just so good. Yeah. Like I just, you know, but he works all the time. Yeah, but he's so like, I mean, he's just so like my leading man. Like he's yeah. just yes. perfect. Like all every single person there should be like a lead. You yeah. know. I love Steve so much because he's so good at playing like a character with like vulnerability and like mm -hmm. sweetness, but also like he's able to play like dopey and sweet so yeah. well. And annoying. Yeah. Like my favorite is he's in Fargo and he's just yes. crying the whole time. And it's so funny because like he's so he's just like that guy that's always crying. Yeah. And I'm just like so I, I re really laugh. It's just Steve Park is just he's such a great actor and um you know, we'll see him rise again in many different yeah, ways. Yeah. I've watched that scene in Fargo. We're talking about Fargo the movie, not the series. Like, I've watched that scene like 20,000 times. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. But it's like, yeah, when I, I kind of thought like when I put this pilot together with Steve, like it felt like, oh, this is going to happen because he's just so good. There's no way it's yeah. not going to. But it, again, it's sort of like what I don't understand. Like, I really thought like because of Crazy Rich Asians that we would see a lot more Asian American projects being picked up. And there was there was an impulse to to do that, but mm -hmm. a lot of the shows I haven't actually seen them materialize. Yeah, the it, it kind of like it, it kind of petered out like at the end, like yeah. in the finishing line, like none of them got over the finishing which line, which is so weird. Yeah, it's like what does that even mean? Yeah, I mean because it, you know everything that they were talking about that I was looking at everything that was going to happen, and it looked like such sure things like people would watch these shows. Yeah, you know there was a lot behind it, but. It's really, I don't know. Have you seen, I haven't seen The Terror yet. Have you seen that? Oh yeah, I watched it, yeah. I'm sure, I, I really want to see it. Because I'm like so, I'm like, this is actually kind of where this makes sense is kind of to to do it in a, that kind of internment time and it's very relevant to now. Mm -hmm. and Totally. That kind of idea. So I have to watch that. And I, But I feel like, was there any, what other shows did, that has like an, an Asian American cast that got past this last past pilot season? I don't think I don't there think, were. I, I don't can't think, think of any. I can't yeah. think of any other than the terror, which was yeah. already part of an existing series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so weird to me. I know. But I mean, when we were just sort of like we were in Shanghai, kind of right at the 
you know, Crazy Rich Asians were still in theaters. Yes. Because yeah. it would so like had this long life there. And we were sort of trying to see like, where is this going to go? And it didn't go in any way that I expected it to. To me, it feels like there is there is definitely more interest in buying, mm-hmm. but that's still a long ways off from things getting greenlit to production or series or whatever and actually coming out. And also, I really feel like everyone everyone who's not Asian is waiting to see if this is like a flash in the pan, if this was just like a, tre- a year one year trend mm. which is like crazy because like our ethnicity is not a trend you I know? know i know but i do feel it does feel that way where people are like well let's just see if that was a fluke or not you know yeah and and whatever the next two things probably if they don't hit big they're gonna everybody's gonna turn to the next thing like right. that's what it feels like yeah well i thought that like um so when it came after crazy rotations i guess would be like Oh, um, Ali Wong's next special. Mm-hmm. That was really, really well received. Yeah. And then uh, Ken Jong's special was really well received. Mm-hmm. And of course, him on The Masked Singer and, you know, his he's sort of ubiquitous, mm-hmm. I think. Also, The Farewell, mm-hmm. which had uh, was a, a really, really solid kind of like entry in a very unexpected way, mm-hmm. you know, and a great movie. Yeah. And also Always Be My uh, Maybe. Yes, Always Be My Maybe. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you did have a sense of, this is continuing. Right. You felt like there was some momentum. Yeah. Yeah. So I still feel like, you know, it can't be like a trend. You know, it can't be like a, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, we know it's not a trend. Right. Because it's our lives. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's who we are. It's our identity. But um, but I I, th- I think that the the industry, you know, it's a it's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so much like, not to sound cynical, but there is, there's a lot of business decisions and politics behind it. And, Oftentimes, like think decisions are made not based on creative, but beca- because of internal politics, right. because of regime changes, you know, yeah. whatever, or because of like quid pro quos between like billionaires. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's like disheartening because I mean, I guess you can look at it in a positive or negative way because like if you're th- you can look at it like okay, well at least it wasn't like at least I know the creative wasn't the reason. Be- right. I know the creative was good, but then that shouldn't piss you off too because you're like, well, if the creative isn't like the creative should be the reason, right? You right. know. Um, that's that's really like what's disheartening is knowing that like it's not just people love to say like meritocracy you know if something's good then then it'll everything will work out and it's like that's just flat out not true no it's not true because so many good things we we've seen not go and we don't understand why other than this idea of invisibility of Asian Americans not sort of counting in this idea of diversity and we're going to embrace diversity as in that we can have these different superheroes which I think well, that that's a step in in the right direction is to have the Asian American Marvel mm-hmm. character and that kind of of a movie, which is happening. So yeah. there's stuff happening. There's like the Mulan live action. There's, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. There's stuff. Like I think the momentum is still going. I don't right. think it's like petered out at all. I think mm-hmm. it's still going, and it's just a matter of seeing like what the next thing, how the next things that come out do. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah, of course. Also, mm-hmm. we haven't seen yet the the next um to all the boys. Yeah, yeah, totally. So that's really exciting, too. Yeah. So there's stuff coming, but it's just kind of like, I want it all right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I do, because we've been working at this for so long. Yeah. I mean, how long have you been writing? You've been writing for a while now, like... Since uh, I got started in 2006. Yeah. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been 13 years. It's a long time. Yeah. And it's a long time, and you've had a lot of success, Mm -hmm. and it's really like, well, 
this is the this is the the time to like jump on this idea of like yes we can have an Asian American be uh, the lead of Asian American story. It could be an Asian American showrunner. It's like we could have all of it. Yeah. Now. Yes. You know. Um. It's just like uh. Let's do it. Let's do it now. <laughs> <laughs> we want it now. It's weird though. It's like. It, uh, yeah, my fear is like, oh, the white people are going to change their mind. Yeah, we can't, and we can't let them. Yeah, mm-hmm. we just got to get to a point where it's not just white people making the decisions, right? Yeah, and that's that's the goal. So you got to hit a studio. Yeah, <laughs> well, because you know, I I think that that's also something that people don't talk about. Like the the kind of people who talk about meritocracy don't think about that because you know, like I've talked to a lot of like white showrunners who are like, well, you know, like we do blind, we can do blind submissions, and we don't even look at the name, and like whoever's the best script like should get the job like the Mm. best person should get the job that's my white showrunner voice and um and but it's like okay but who is they never stop to think like who's deciding what's the best right everyone who looks like you probably grew up in a similar situation as you which is middle class to upper middle class you know i mean a full third of them are like harvard lampoon fuckheads yeah um and so it's like oh and so if it's always the same kind of person who decides what's the best it's like some like, you know, Harvard Lampoon asshole isn't going to have the same sensibility and life experience and same friends growing up at the type that I had, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the stuff that I find really funny and relatable, they might not necessarily find funny or relatable because we just had different experiences and we're di- very different people from different backgrounds. Right. And so w- when you only have people like that from that certain kind of background deciding what's funny and what they personally find is good, mm-hmm. like that's not a true meritocracy. No. No, it's right. It's exactly right. It's all about perspective. And it's like, I I don't even know how I could say, like, write a story about, uh, you know, my experience without containing identity. You would have to know that that's an Asian American story. You would have to know that's an Asian American lead or yeah. a, a woman or a queer lead. The gender and identity, it all informs who we are and it's going to inform our writing. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. And also, like, those people don't understand what it's like to grow up in an America where they never saw themselves on TV. You know, I didn't see myself on TV until you had your show, you know? And that was like life changing for me. But it's just so sad that that was the one, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, they got to have the luxury of like seeing 200,000 versions of themselves. They could see the jock version of themselves, the nerd version of themselves, the artist version of themselves, you know? Yeah. And we didn't. No, we didn't. We just had to sort of go on faith that it was going to happen. Yeah. And it's like a very, I mean, it's so, it's discouraging and still discouraging, but people are still making great work and and we're still out there hustling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Hustling, affording that crab. Yes, I'm just, I'm just working for crab. Well, you are, the best and um i want to see like where can people find you you're chairman gal yes i'm chairman on twitter i'm at chairman gal on instagram i'm chairman dot gal chairman dot gal yeah and um you have so much coming out and i can't wait to see it's so great and thank you thanks for having me of course thank you
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. And now we talk to a comedian who I am really, really into. It's Brent Weinbach. We're going to spend New Year's together. Yeah. Do we going to like, okay, so then we do, we start the show at 1030. So we're going to be in Oakland Mm -hmm. and we're doing the show and it's you and I and Kyle Kinane. Uh, and yeah, and Moshe and Kasher, Kasher and Natasha Legero. That's and, quite a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do it every year. Well, this is our sixth year doing it. That's great. Yeah, it's because it's actually kind of terrible to do shows on New Year's Eve. It is, but this what's cool about this is it's in Oakland, and so mm-hmm. you don't have to deal with traffic going into San Francisco and stuff. Right. And um, it's also at this old movie theater, and it's just kind of it's more relaxed than a normal New Year's Eve show. I feel like. And do you like to? Do, we we all get on, come on stage at midnight and yeah do yeah the, yeah yeah we do yeah. Do, do you like that idea? I do like it. <laughs> um, one time I did the uh, countdown wrong, so uh-huh. I had uh, the wrong time and I led the audience in a countdown and then too I too early or too late. Too early. Well, it's better early than yeah. late, I guess. But yeah. I had I had cheated them out of a, a proper. Years. So when everyone's, it was, you said three, two, one, yay, everyone. And then 10 seconds later or something like you heard like in, a, in the distance, some <laughs> other people really yelling happy. and stuff or whatever. Yeah. It was really, a, a, it was, it was a bit early. It was, I think it was more like 10 minutes because I had left and the show was over and then it was like New Year's then. 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah. It was really off. <laughs> wow. 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 But this was before having like well, an iPhone. You know, one, I, I used to do a show in San Francisco every New Year's and, uh, we did a thing where the countdown would be at 10 p.m. Oh. Because, you know, it's New Year's wherever at 10 p.m. Right. And so uh, we would do the countdown then, and then, you know, you can go out and whatever, do what you want to do. And I don't know. It was just kind of nice to get it out of the way early. It is. It is. Maybe you're kind of an innovator, actually, by doing it 10 minutes early. And then we, you know... Then we took it even further by doing that's it two, good, uh, two that, hours early. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> no, I, actually, I don't mind. Actually, it's kind of cool to do the countdown early. You know? Yeah, it is. You know, I mean, wait, was that an important year when you did that? Was it? You know, it wasn't like two thousand. It wasn't right. like Y two K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't remember actually. I mean, if it was an, if it wasn't a decade, right. New Year's, then it was it fine. It shouldn't matter. It was fine. Yeah. I shouldn't. I shouldn't care. Yeah. Well, we have. Well, ours is kind of significant because it'll be twenty twenty. I know that's crazy. That's the future. I it mean, is. isn't that twenty twenty sounds so futuristic? It does. And it sounds like, um, I just it. I mean, and once we get really into the 20s mm-hmm. i mean that is that's crazy it's also crazy, really crazy to refer to something in the 20s right. because you know we think 1920s but 
It's been a hundred. Now we're gonna have to clarify. You know, twenty twenties, yeah, the 2020s. and then that's so futuristic. It's really futuristic, yeah. but it's really. I mean, I don't know. I think it's. Uh, it, it, but we have things that are futuristic that we don't really use. Like, do you use FaceTime a lot? Not a lot. No. Yeah. No. And I, I mean, I don't like it. But and you're talking like on your phone, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't have a device to do that on my. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do that anyway. But yeah, the idea of video phone that did sound so cool. It sounded so futuristic. in the eighties. You know, yeah. it seemed like that was going to be really fun. But now we actually have it. Like, if you, I know would, people who definitely use that all yeah, the time, though. I hate it. Yeah. But I, I never. I have it. I never use it. But like, I hate like seeing somebody on the phone while talking to you like a like but we thought it was like a spaceship like right. you would get notes from your commander mm-hmm. you called in from your spaceship yeah and it yeah, was such yeah. a big deal well i just i remember in total recall just that was a cool thing or, mm. or, or someone so it was cool the idea of somebody getting a wrong number and then you see somebody randomly yeah. for some, and you don't know who they are and they're naked or whatever or something like that it's not a yeah. kind of like a funny you know, could lead to funny <laughs> situations you know wrong yeah. numbers or imagine telemarketers imagine if you had to use video phone all the time right and so you get telemarketers and you could see what the telemarketer yeah. looks like yeah that would be kind of neat that would know? be neat I, yeah. I'd be glad about that yeah you know I, yeah I would be into that see it's it, landlines don't have and I have a landline mm-hmm. and landlines don't have video phone but that would be kind of interesting if landlines could do video too you know but you don't have a cell phone Correct. Now, that is um, a mark of a creative. You know who else doesn't have a cell phone? Um, Prince. Well, well, he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he did. Yeah. Uh, Quentin Tarantino doesn't have one. Really? Yeah. Janine Garofalo doesn't have one. She had one briefly, though, right? Or at one point, right? Um, I, I know don't... she... I remember her saying she did get one for the first time and it was late in, in, in yeah. the thing, but then maybe she got rid of it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I believe it's a flip phone though. Uh-huh. The one yeah, that she yeah, has. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't have a smartphone. Right, right, right. I think she has a, like a Motorola, like a flip phone. That's cool that Quentin Tarantino doesn't have one. Yeah, because he, yeah. um, he just doesn't have one. I mean, I think people, you know, oh, Jack White doesn't have one. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and so you, you're, you're in uh, esteemed company. Okay, good, good. Is there a reason why you don't have one? Well... In the late 90s when they started getting popular, uh, I kind of just thought it looked kind of like cheesy to me or whatever. Yeah. And I just thought, I don't, need a, I, you know, I don't need a cell phone. I, just, I don't know. For some reason, it just looked corny to me. You know? Yeah. And then, they, then everybody started having them in the early 2000s. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I just still held on to that idea that it looked corny, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then, then it got to a point where people were just using it all the time and they were always yeah. texting all the time and that got really annoying to me yeah and oh, oh and also i never felt i needed one either you right know? and then i just started getting annoyed with how much people were using them and then mm-hmm. it became more of a stance of against that you know right um and so yeah now granted cell phones can be very useful tools and mm-hmm. uh, it can make life really convenient in, in a lot of just different circumstances but i still f- just feel no need for no, myself to have don't one. Need to. I think it's um, great. And I, and yeah, I do think people, I think they do contribute to a culture that it can be annoying to me, you know? It is annoying. Like, I mean, you know, just constant distraction. And mm-hmm. I think because of cell phones, people have, I think it's hard for people to sort of just be present in the world without any distractions, you know? Yeah, I agree. And, and, and appreciate things. Uh, the, their appreciation of things is always uh, diluted with, some other distraction from their phone, you yeah. Know? Even watching a movie or something, right? You know? I just, 
it's like their experience of it isn't full as yeah. as full as it, it would be if they were without the distraction. But there's you know well, whatever. Right. Then again, people eat pop, have been eating popcorn at movies for years, and that kind of distracts them from the movie too. Sometimes. I don't like to eat popcorn in the movie because um, it's too salty. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't like eating any. I don't like any distractions in the movie. Yeah, I just want, I, I just want to watch the movie. Yeah, I just want to be fully just the movie and me. I don't want uh, the food taking me out of that. Yeah. Or pe- I mean. Gosh, people are talking a lot these days too. You know? Oh, and they're texting. Yeah, and they're that's bad. Or looking stuff up. Yeah, which you know, is like why glowing. There's these glowing, you know, these lights in the movie theater. You know, and I don't it's like how experience. relaxed you can get if you like the lay um, the seats that lay down. Yeah, right. I I went to a theater just recently and it was like that. It was this reclining thing. I didn't do it. I don't. The people like that. I was with did it. They put their feet up. Yeah. I didn't do it though. Do you go to movies during the day like most comics on the road? I mean, sometimes, you know, but I go at night, too, if I have a free night, you know? Yeah. I'll go, yeah. I'll go whenever. I'll go. I like yeah. to go to movies by myself. Yeah, I used to. Yeah. That I mean, feels I, good I, to I me. do. I do. Yeah, I do that. I used to. I used to go to the movies more by myself. Yeah. I mean, I probably, and I will be, and I will be this upcoming season. I like, <laughs> I like season. it, because also, I want to see movies nobody wants to see. Oh, really? Yeah, like, I went to oh, see. Oh, like, uh. Movies like Almost Christmas or something like that? No. Or, or I don't know, something like that? <laughs> no, or I went to see, the last one I went to small. by myself was, uh, what? Like Small? I don't know, that <laughs> movie Small? You know, the girl, the woman who becomes a child? Oh, okay. I don't know, stuff like that? Yeah. You know, are you talking like kind of silly movies like that? Or no. Like, or I, weird, I like went, obscure stuff? I went by myself to see uh, The House That Jack Built, which is the Lars von Trier movie about the um, Matt Dillon's The Serial Killer. Oh, okay, yeah. And yeah. Um, it's so horrible. I mean, it's a great movie. But like the the things that he gets up to is really horrible. Huh. And it's kind of like a 90s throwback. Like it's like a movie like Henry's Portrait of a Serial Killer or like uh-huh. Clean Shaven. Like those kind of weird uh-huh. 90s really nihilistic. Well, I think people do want to see these. Well, they only played it for one day. <laughs> oh, okay. At yeah. um, the New Arts or whatever those of that chain, the Lemleys. Yeah, yeah, Lemley, yeah. And so I, I went and it was like Does three, Lemley still exist actually? I don't know. Because AMC bought the Sunset 5 Lemley. Yeah. And so it's now an AMC. But they still play independent films they play, there. Yeah, they play uh, like, um, and then it's like like newer, I don't know. Well, there'll always be Lemneys to me. You know? There are always going to be Lemneys mm-hmm. because it's like really like where you want it. Those are the movies that you want to see. I, yeah. I want to see. And the Sunset 5 will always be the Sunset 5, even though it's not called that anymore. Yeah. To me. Just, yeah. I remember when that place was built too, actually. I remember mm-hmm. when it first, if I remember when it the, the first movies that were there too. I yeah. remember, I, and I saw, I remember seeing the, the Brief History in Time when it first opened. Oh. Which wow. is a Stephen Hawkins movie. Yeah, 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 of course. Based on the book, of course. But but yeah, and that was the only thing. There was a Virgin Megastore. I don't know, maybe yeah. you, were you here mm-hmm. in, by that time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I, you know who I would see at the Virgin Megastore? Michael Jackson. Oh, really? And Ben Stiller, unrelated, not oh, together. Oh, that would be cool if they were hanging out. Yeah, not together. Really funny but couple. Yeah. It was a weird couple, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. They Michael would, Jackson went to, used to go would, there, huh? He would be there um, shopping. Did you ever meet him? Yeah. Really? Because um, we had the same manager, Michael Jackson? Yeah. Yeah, wow. Briefly in in the 90s. So I was at I was with their party when he was with Lisa Marie in um at the Video Music Awards. Mm-hmm. I was backstage mm-hmm. with them and uh my manager was trying to show Michael Jackson how to kiss uh, <laughs> Lisa Marie. They really? Were practicing. Wow, they were that's laughing. really funny. And um uh yeah, because they were gonna kiss. They, they, they did gonna, that kiss. They, on, kiss they did that. That was a big deal because yeah. they were trying to prove that they were a yeah. couple or something. But right? I think that they were actually yeah. together. And um, you know, Lisa Marie eventually became a friend of mine. And then later, I, you know, I did find out like they, she has very deep feelings for 
him. She calls him Mike, which I think is weird. Yeah. Call Michael Jackson Mike. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. I, I wouldn't ever call him Mike. I would never think. I would. I would call him. I would call him Big Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's up, Big Mike? You know, if I was friends with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think his like legacy is very different now because of all of the re- revelations that have oh, come out. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So. Well, I think you know it makes it just more complicated, but I think yeah. Yeah. It's complicated. I wanted to meet. I really wanted to meet him. You know. Yeah, he was nice. I just I thought he was he's interesting, and he I is, thought I yeah I kind of wanted to I just I wanted to yeah I wanted to meet him yeah yeah his um but his uh yeah he I I don't know like it, it's just all of the things that have come about about him also seem so true like of course he's doing that the the, the all of it is so believable. Well, yeah, I don't know. I feel kind of, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't have, I don't go one way or the other. I mean, I think mm. it's, it's, I think there's some likelihood that but stuff was going on, you because know. Because of but, his odd behavior. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think it's a little more nuanced and yeah. kind of complicated than uh, people make it out to be. I don't think it's like full on, he's this bad guy predator, you know. Right. I think it was more complicated than that. I think yeah. he was, if that stuff is true, I think he was. He was, I think he was really in love with some of these, yeah, these boys, you know, in a, in a way that was not, I think, is is a little harder to wrap your head around. I think than just he was just this guy who was like, you know, this calculated thing where he, I don't know, I think it was just more it's, complicated. It's very, um, but it, it's like it's also very strange because we don't have celebrities like that anymore. So it's hard for maybe young people to really understand the scope of celebrity or how it used to be. It's so weird that one of the biggest celebrities of all time was so weird. Yeah. You know? It's so weird, actually. That one of the biggest celebrities of all time, Mm -hmm. the biggest, probably, celebrity of all time, he was so bizarre. Yeah. And looked so bizarre, too. It's so weird. Everything about it, like buying the elephant man skeleton with his, and walking around with Bubbles, the, the, the chimp, and then sleeping in the hyperbaric chamber, and all of the surgeries and. All of the the legacy is very strange. I think Bubbles was the first boy, kind yeah. of. What I mean, like I think that I think he kind of felt this weird isolation. I, I don't know. This is just one thought, you mm-hmm. know, is it, that Michael Jackson or Mike, Big Mike, had this uh, weird, this kind of isolated <laughs> feeling and not being able to connect with people, and then I guess felt this idea that he wanted to connect to something more pure and innocent or something. And mm-hmm. Bubbles was kind of that, but then yeah. maybe there wasn't enough of a human interaction there with bubbles and so had maybe needed to find it in younger boys yeah you know, or something you know yeah so it's i kind of feel like the boys are kind of similar to bubbles in a way yeah you know? and also like the um neverland like all of the all of the stuff like it you know it's basically his own theme park which yeah i think maybe he's using that sort of like to try to create a sense of uh childhood about himself yeah sure yeah. you know or like that that he can't actually go to a theme park he's got to go uh to his own. Yeah, right, 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 yeah. That that existed. So say this stuff is all true and everything, and mm-hmm. um, do you feel like you can still like his music, listen to his music I and stuff? I don't know. And did you I like mean, his music I did like with? his music very much. Yeah. I don't know. I feel okay with it. Yeah. I, because I think that the music isn't even his anymore. It's ours. You right. know what I mean? It's it's something that it's, I, I don't know, at least for me, it just it's so, it was so ingrained into my psyche that it's, it's beyond the artist. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just this cultural thing, yeah. you know, just growing up in the United States. It's just, you can't, or any, the world really, it just, Michael Jackson's music is just, it's, it's, it's mine. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Do you, you like? Do you, kidding, do you, no, no. Do you like go like? Because a lot of comics like also we are like like uh, the comics that go to shows. Do you go to like music shows. I used to a lot. I yeah. don't go to music shows as much as I used to. I don't go in San Francisco. I used, I used to go to. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Who I used did to, you go see? Um. Do you know who Bart Davenport is? I was going to ask you about. Um. I just want money video. Oh yeah, I just yeah, want money. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really. Um. Yeah. I really enjoy your work in that video because you're really paying attention <laughs> and you're really looking and you're really writing down all of it's really, really good and it's at Gelson's. Oh yeah, Gelson's, yeah, yeah, Gelson's, yeah. Gelson's on Franklin. Yeah. Actually, I actually have a, I a joke about Michael Jackson and mm-hmm. the relation to Gelson's too. Actually. Oh really? So it's kinda of tied to kind Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Um wait, do you know do you know about him? I'm in a well, He's... I'm in a band with Bart Davenport. I'm in the Red Room Orchestra. Oh really? And so uh it's a very it's a it's a, a lot of different people in the band, but um Bart's in it. Every time I've been in it, Bart's been in it. He's I think he's one of the He's the genius. best singer-songwriters of the last 20, 30 years. I he's love so him. so good. I think he's so good. He's so good and underrated. He's so you know? funny like, and just is such a beautiful soul. And he could play everything. Yeah, and his his melodies are so good. And the lyrics are so yeah. good, too. It's he's so good. so good. I love him. I used to see him a lot in the Bay Area. I used to see Joanna Newsom when she was her. kind of was starting you know, in the Bay Area. She's incredible. She was great, and um, there was this band called Fawn Fables I used to see a lot. Mm-hmm. That I, mm-hmm. was one of my favorite bands. Okay. So um, did you remember, I don't know if maybe, I don't know how active they were when you, you were in San Francisco, but did you ever hear of a band called Sleepy Time Gorilla Museum, by any chance? I've heard kind of, of that. kind of an art rock. Yeah. Kind of an art metal kind of group, I guess. Right. And there's a guy named Niels Frickdahl in it, uh-huh. and um, he was in this sort of avant-garde folk, group called Fawn Fables with his partner Don McCarthy mm-hmm. and um, anyway they're just really good it's kind of a avant folk I know I like that <laughs> I like art, that art, art folk group yeah I like the um, I'm a power pop fan yeah so mm-hmm. I go in for like so anything cheap trick and then go down like that sort of mm-hmm. the feeling of like anything yeah. that and then so it's like uh, Big Star Posies uh, Raspberries Maybe the neck in there too. So the, sort of like a power pop kind of. I'm in the very big power pop phase right now. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So that's what I like. But in San Francisco, I rem- remember going to see Jellyfish uh-huh. quite a few times. There was sort of a San Francisco band in the okay. '90s. Yeah, yeah. Who else did you see? I would see. Um, uh, I would go see like. Well, I'd go see Prince. Oh really? Um, I'd see Prince. I saw Prince in a number of different capacities. I would go see. Uh, I saw a Crowded House a whole bunch of times. Maybe thirty, forty times. Over the years, um, I haven't gone to a Bart Davenport show. Now, the Crowded House also the what's the name of the main guy in Crowded Neil House? Neil Finn. Yeah, Neil Finn. So he was in uh, Split, uh, ends. Sp- Split Ends. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that one step ahead. They had yeah. that one that one hit. One step yeah. ahead. That was good. That, That's I a like good, Split Ends. Yeah. I love Split Ends yeah. because they were kind of like. Um, Commedia dell'arte, like it yeah. was very like eighties well, colorful. They, right. Well, they they kind of changed their thing in the seventies. They were really kind of almost kind of Bowie like or just you know very yeah and on but also in a lot of makeup and stuff yeah. and then in the eighties it was, you know, more sort of new wavy, like I guess. New but, wave. Yeah. But um yeah, they were they were I guess they started in the late sixties, I guess, or something, mm-hmm. I think. Split ends. Yeah. Um but um They were like yeah, art rock from art, yeah. art school. Yeah. Which I think yeah, anything like art rock is yeah. good. I saw Sparks when yeah, yeah. I was uh really young in the eighties. Oh, yeah. There used to be a Japantown club called the Kabuki. So I would go see like 
bands like Berlin oh, and like yeah. they, they did a lot of like new wave. Yeah, there's like um yeah there the in San Francisco there was always great places to see music. Like there used to be a club on Hate Street called the I Beam, mm. and that was uh I remember I think Duran Duran played there. Oh really? In like the early I saw Duran Duran in uh, Sacramento. <gasps> you did. I mean this was in the two thousands. So yeah. it, you know it's like it wasn't probably as cool as if you saw them in the 80s or whatever yeah. you know but yeah they were incredible no they're good yeah they're you so know? good sometimes people say oh well duran bands like duran duran were like boy bands and uh, of the you know late 90s early 2000s and i i say no they weren't because they were they played instruments yeah they were, they were, they were like, a band they're they real were band a real band and they yeah. they wrote their songs and they were like new romantics and it was yeah. like a very there were a lot of things that went they went into were you really into the 80s in the 80s? Yes, I think so. <laughs> uh-huh. I was really, and I'm still into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you I know? love it. I mean, the 80s is my favorite decade yeah. of all time. Yeah, I, I really love, love 80s. 80s music and uh, fashion and uh, just everything. Everything. Movies. Everything. Every, the, the 80s were really just, I feel, a really artistic time, you know? And yeah. And music videos are really artsy in a cool way you know and very yeah yeah, colorful and um you know kind of utilizing things like um like things like i like max headroom Mm -hmm. and i like the sort of like mystery of like robotics or the idea it's very few that's the thing the 80s was the most futuristic time of all time it's more futuristic than it is now even though it's almost 2020 just the it's it's very synth there's a lot of synthesized synthesized stuff you know and I like synthesized sounds. Do you, you play piano, don't you? Yeah, I do, yeah. Do you play synthesizer? No. Oh. But I've played around with you the synthesizer, could. but it's a little different, you know it what is. I mean? And understanding how to get different sounds out of a synthesizer and, you know, um, on all that stuff is not something I understand how to do, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. I did. I do play piano, and I used to I used to play in San Francisco at, oh, for, wow. but as, a, as a job, but not as a... Uh, it wasn't like a show, though. I used to play background music at hotels and stuff. Oh, that's and, cool. And restaurants and stuff. I love know? that. Yeah, did you I ever play I... in like um, like uh, Macy's? No, but I did similar kind of things. Yeah. You know, like um, there was a hotel called the Argent Hotel. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. downtown. And yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not called that anymore, but it's mm-hmm. called, uh, I don't know, I forgot what it's called now. But anyway, but I used to play in the, that was my longest running thing was I played in the lounge there. That's so cool. Um, background music. Did you go to San Francisco State? Briefly, uh-huh, yeah. but I it was like never really like uh, I went there for like summer stock theater when I was in high school mm-hmm. and then I went there for the odd class here and there, but I mm-hmm. never graduated from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you go there? No, I went to UC Berkeley. That's why I moved to the Bay Area is Ooh, for, okay. co- for college. And then, um, yeah, and then I was there for a while. I yeah. used to go to Barrington Hall, but then I would do the, the graduate or the Bears Lair. The Bear's Lair. With okay, that yeah, comedy yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did, yeah, I did that too sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I had a terrible time at the Bear's Lair, and then the booker uh, tried to kiss oh, really? me in the parking lot. Really? And I was like 17. And oh, I was wow. Like, and he was like in his 50s. Wow. And I was like, what? Oh, gee whiz. I said, and you had a bad set there too? That, yeah, I had a terrible <laughs> set also. How did he? Yeah. What'd you do? Did you uh, like, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. He walked me to my car. And then it was like, it was like this moment of like, and then I really felt them, you know, when somebody's going to kiss you, I was like, wait, yeah, but you're like, what was the thing 40 said years before? older than me? And huh? what did you try to say before that? I did. I think, I think he gave me a check for $50 uh-huh. because I was what I made. Uh-huh. And then there was a pregnant pause, mm-hmm. which I didn't appreciate. <laughs> 
the pregnant pause. <laughs> the pregnant pause. That, she, like it was his responsibility to keep it going. You yeah, know, keep the talking going. That was kind of like I, I. Uh, mm. <laughs> so what? He started leaning in or something. Yeah, and I was like, what? Uh, mm. <laughs> you and just I, made these noises. Yeah, and I got in and I drove away. So, has so, a Booker ever tried to kiss you before? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think so. No, <laughs> I would say no. Probably not. You know, isn't that weird? Sure is. Yeah. I was really. I was. A, but, but I'll use that though if that ever. Yeah, happens, make the noises know? and I then just, just drive let's away. See if I can do it. I mean, it's yeah. like, um, so here's your money, fifty dollars. Uh, uh, mm, <laughs> mm, like that? Is yeah. that how you do it? Am uh, I doing it right? Mm, up, up, uh, <laughs> That's what you did. Yeah. How did he respond to that? My, he leaned in further. Oh, really? And then I kind so of... So you, le- you would lean back and you made those noises? Back. Yeah. And then eventually you just sort of ran away? And then I just kind of went under and then I got in the car. Uh-huh. And then did you talk to him after that? No. Uh-huh. I think he died. Uh-huh. Wow. Um. So you are not on social media as far as I can tell. I, I was looking. I mean, yeah, not... I mean, I no, I am, but I don't... I'm not active the way i think people the are people you know? like a lot of idiots are we are all active. well i just i mean i i have these accounts but um they're there for i mean i use some of these to post about shows That's and good. things you know or whatever or so then, to, to, if i make a new video or something yeah i'll promote it on there but good. i don't post as my like i don't post my thoughts and my feelings and i don't post my um i don't post anything i don't make jokes on there really yeah. there's just yeah, the only thing, yeah, is just to promote stuff. So then, what it is? What is it so that we can, when people can see you, so they get, what, which which sites do they look at? Well, you can just go to any of these sites. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I guess you know whatever you can go to Twitter and Facebook, and you can connect there, and you can find mm-hmm. out out about things there. But mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't post everything. But yeah. and then you get, you shows. could also see us on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, that's the show. Yeah, that'll be that should that's be fun. Good We're gonna have a good time. It'll be fun, you know. We'll yeah, and it's. At the Grand Lake Theater in Oakland. You ever yeah. been been there before? Yes. Yeah, it's kind of a neat big theater. Yeah. and will have a good time. It's old and uh, yeah. Great. And Kyle Canadian, it'll be fun. Yeah. Well, thank you, Brent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The Margaret Show is an Erio's production with editing by Kat Hong and original music by Garrison Starr. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.